Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Heineke! I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> Gumby, uh, season coming to an end. No end in sight here on the Colt of Colt. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Washington, it's it's over. It's over for, for 2020. I th- it's over for 2020, 2021. And frankly, before the season started, and even two months ago, the fact that you could add, append to the 2021 to, the, uh, to what the season was. Because, like, teams... You know, like, when I think about, like, oh, who won the Super Bowl in 1999? That means it was the 98-99 season. Yep. Okay? Yeah. But the fact that there even is a 2021 season for Washington, I mean, it's pretty remarkable. They got all the games in. They got all all, all the games in. All the teams did. Uh, whether or not you agree with it or not, the NFL got through it. Um, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it from that perspective. Just the fact that they, like, played well enough to get into the postseason. But, yes, it is Fucking incredible, part of my French that it happened. Maybe I didn't know you it even speak shouldn't have, but uh, yeah, je ne sais quoi. Oh, great poupon. <laughs> we get loose uh, when the season's over. It's loose now. Right. Oh yeah, man, w- w- Hogshaven is an off-season site. We don't make any qualms about it. We know what we are. <laughs> um, we'll see if the the cult of cult is an off-season podcast. I think it will be. I think we're gonna really. Show you who we are. Show you what we're all about. I'm having a great time. I find no reason to stop it. I think I we just know. we just ride the roller coaster and and have make it fun for everyone. We yeah. this team makes it hard sometimes. It does, and this team makes us drink. Uh, as it is a Wednesday evening, we are um, we're always sipping on something here on on the Cult of Cult. So, Gabby, I'll ask you, what are you sipping on this evening? A little crazy today. It's uh. End of the season. Yeah, I'm 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 sad it ended, but I'm but I'm I'm hopeful for the future. So I went a little crazy today. My friend Jake makes mead. Oh, so I have a mead homebrew, which is an orange orange blossom mead with orange and cinnamon in it. Now, if you've never had wow. a mead before, a mead doesn't have the, like the same bubbles as a as a beer. But it definitely has a good taste. So if as long as you don't go in thinking you're get that hoppy taste, you'll enjoy it. It's smooth. It's good. Jake did a fabulous job. And I've been enjoying this. And even funnier, 17%. Mm, yeah, that'll uh, that'll get you good and, and riled up. It's funny. I, have a, I do have a mead story, and it involves you. Let's hear it. Uh, the, we were at a Super Bowl party. It was the Super Bowl where 
the the Falcons blew the twenty eight to three lead, uh-huh. and there our hosts. Uh, who I believe we will have on this podcast in the off season, um, had it was very generous and had a fully stocked fridge, and we were down in the basement watching on one of the televisions, and he came over and handed me a bottle of what I believe to be was I thought it was beer. It was not beer. It was mead. I was not ready to have a mead. Like I wasn't, like I wasn't in the headspace. Yeah, it definitely like gets prepared. it gets your your taste buds too. Like if you're not prepared for it mentally, it's yeah, a whole other thing. And and him and his man bud coming at you with this beverage definitely is a little intimidating. Yeah, and you were standing with me, and I almost spit it out because not because it was bad, but because I was just like not ready. I wasn't ready, and I was like, "What is this?" And you, I showed you the bottle. It was from uh, Charm City. Yeah, I'm like oh yeah, that's mead. I was like, why did why did why did Ben give me a mead? Like, I went, like, Man, he's trying to get rid of it. He's, you know, he's just like, just drink, fool. We're, we're watching a football game. Here's, here's whatever's in my fridge and cold. Yeah, if you are thinking in, at all about hops and beer and you drink a mead, you are thrown off. It is not right. the same thing. A, a honey but, beverage. Correct. It's a honey-based beverage, but it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. Now, Brian. Yeah. What you sipping on? It's funny because we did not coordinate this, dear listener. We did not coordinate this in advance of uh, of of this episode. I am also drinking a homebrew. Ooh. I'm drinking a Linen Closet Brewing Company. You can follow us on Untapped at Linen Closet Brewing Company and on Instagram at Linen Closet Brewing Company. Uh, it is a homebrew. It is the 2020 version of, I think, the best beer we make which is called The Smog in L.A. It is a Belgian-style brown ale that has California golden raisins in it, and it is so good. But but who are the proprietors of this linen closet fiasco oh, you have going on? In case it's not clear, it's me. I'm <laughs> pretending uh, we, have, we have a whole operation. We made an Instagram for our home brewery. Oh yeah, it's great. They're you like in, check they're, it out. they're like <laughs> in the in the bathroom. Like it's yeah, it is homebrew at its best. It, right? Yeah, <laughs> we I mean, we're going to do a homebrew adventure at some point. Once this is all over, we're gonna do. Uh, we've already picked out the name. If anyone can guess what the name of the beer that we homebrew we're gonna homebrew is, I will send you a. I promise I'll do this if you reach out to us, and you get it right. In, by either commenting in the section below, comment section below, or by tweeting us at the Cult of Colt on Twitter, I will send you an autographed Washington Football Team pennant. I believe this is signed by Jameson Crowder. Ooh, yeah, I'll send it to you. It also may be signed by Kendall Fuller. I can't remember, but I don't need this thing. I will give it away to whoever if whoever can guess sight unseen what the name of the homebrew is that we're gonna brew together. Yeah. Um, you heard it here first, so it's very good. I'm I'm very happy with it. Um, it has definitely it's it's mellow. Uh, it's got me mellow, and I think you got to be a little bit mellow just to sort of be a Washington football team fan this week. Like, uh, you know, Washington falls in the super wild card round of the playoffs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why super wild card? What is this whole thing NFL is doing now? I I didn't quite understand that at all. My understanding 
of why they did it th- this way is because um, because of the restructuring of the playoffs, there's now only one team with a bye. And so that means that there were three games each day as opposed to historically there have been two on Saturday and two on Sunday. Okay. And now there were three on Saturday and three on Sunday, so it's like a super-duper weekend <laughs> full of football. How many games did you watch games? Besides I, watched, the game? I watched the Washington game, and then you texted me and said, hey, turn on Nickelodeon. Yes. And there is the Saints versus the Bears, and I went – I've got to watch this, this, this shenanigans. And I'll tell you what, for watching a kid's version of a football, it was phenomenal. They, they slimed people, they slimed the end zone. They were telling the players what their favorite uh, Nickelodeon shows were, what they grew up with, Double Dare. Like, it was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. I hope they make it a normal thing because it's a lot better for kids than trying to listen to Troy Aikman talk out loud. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – Okay, you, we weren't going to talk about this, but I mean, well, give me 90 seconds to tell you what I thought about Yeah, jump this. in. There was a lot of cynicism that this was for a couple reasons. One, there are people who are like, we shouldn't be necessarily marketing football to children in this way. I'm not going to engage with you on that point. However, there were a lot of people who were like, 80% of this audience is just like adults who grew up watching Nickelodeon and want to like relive their childhood. And if you're cynical about that, piss off because I think it was a very nice thing like whatever <laughs> I saw some tweet that was like they should get Keenan and Kel to do this broadcast and so oh that would be awesome I cannot begin to tell you how old you are <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of it apparently they've repatriated a lot of the intellectual property of like my youth from Nickelodeon like apparently they're still Hey Arnold on they're apparently still as some sort of like Rugrats is known Ooh. they still know Spongebob like I didn't really I wasn't ever spongebob kid like that was a little bit past my time but if it was for nostalgia who cares i think they did a great job it was fun football i think of all of the professional sports has the biggest problem with taking itself so seriously and sometimes you listen to these broadcasts where i don't they they fired joe tessitore from monday night football he was like a -a ring-a-ding-ding like wanting to bring back the Rat Pack kind of guy, where every single... He's like, Bengals, Titans, this is Thursday night football. It's like, it's not that important, and sometimes at it, at like its worst, it's it's overwrought, and it's sometimes it's also... It was just like... They, they were trying saw, too hard. They're trying too hard. They, but, they narrate it like it's a documentary about, like, Eisenhower. But they also made everything sound like it was the NFL films. You know, like, dun-dun-dun! Yeah. You're like, no. Yeah. But this whole thing with Nickelodeon was like, it was nice. I'm going I to know. watch football, and I and often you want to watch football with your kids. It's it's sure. a normal thing we did growing up. We want to do it now, yeah. but they found a way where the kids got something from it. It was entertaining to them, and I still got to watch the game, sure. which was awesome. Yeah. So it I say, I, I thought it was fun. It was nice. I would I want to watch it every single week like that? No, definitely not. I'm I'm fifty fifty on that man because I, I would maybe watch it once or twice a season. Although to be fair, I'm not watching that much football over the course of the season. This but year, what but... if they did all of the Washington football team games in Nickelodeon rather than having to deal with the lower end scum of announcers? Yeah, they've they drew the short end of the stick a couple times this year. Always have, always will. Rather watch um, Nickelodeon. Okay, so you watch that. You watch that game. Did you watch any other ones? Uh no, no. 
I watched parts, not intentionally, I watched parts, I think, of every game except for the very first one. No, I did. It was the Bills, the Bills game. Bills, Titans? Who they play? Was it the Titans? No, Ravens play the Titans. I watched Ravens play the Titans. Game. Yeah, that was the whole dancing on the um, the logo. Yeah, thing. that was awesome. That it was, was a cool. very that was a very. And they owned, they they earned it, man. The Titans did it first. Here you go. That's right. That was great. Yeah, so I ended up watching probably more football than I should have. If I could have like gone outside, I probably would have not watched so much football. But go outside, and your eyes are like ah, the sun. <laughs> um. So what? You know, Washington. Saturday night, they were they get another. Is that prime time? I don't know. Um, it's prime time. They, they started like eight twenty, eight fifteen, eight twenty. That's prime time. Yeah, that's a lot of eyeballs. Um, well, Tom Brady was there. Of course, there was eyeballs. The goat. That's true. I mean, the throwing well, up, let's, just let's, just throwing up the stats for Tom Brady was insane. Yeah, let's just, let's start there. I think it's Tom Brady. Um, yeah. It was the storyline coming. It was like the thing that everyone's paying attention to. Tom Brady. What were your thoughts on Tom Brady? He, he's the GOAT. I mean, you watch yeah, this guy right. play football, and again, he's 42 or 43 years old. He's he's it's, old. It's bananas. And But he is just pinpoint, pinpoint. He, he had passes that were dropped. Mm-hmm. Oh, Goodwin couldn't catch a cold for like two and a half quarters. But mm-hmm. Brady's Brady. That He mm-hmm. just can't. Whatever he is, is a machine. He's been doing this long enough. Boom, 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 throw. Boom, 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 throw. Boom, 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 throw. Oh, you don't catch it, and he's losing his mind on you. Our defense on that end, and I'll just jump right in the defense end of it. Uh, yeah, go for it. I'm, is I'm that you? genuinely curious. But we were texting a little bit, but I'm genuinely yeah. curious. The, our defense did get picked apart by Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and, and that's the reason I, I kind of brought the defense in. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. There's a reason he's the GOAT, the reason he's won all these games, and the reason that he is so good at what he does I wish Chase Young would have gone after him more. I wish he could have gotten his hands on him more, yeah. but it just wasn't happening. Tom Brady won the game for the Bucs. Tom Brady had the right game plan, he had the right reads, and he did the right things. We were not the best team on that field no. on Saturday night, nor, nor should we have been, because honestly, it's it's a we weren't the best team going in, and we did, goddamn, we did well on that field, but... On that night, on that field, we weren't the best team, and we lost. Our defense is, for the first time all season, was worse than our offense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The better team won that game. Uh, the the team that was expected to win the game won the game. It it does not come as a surprise. Like the result, the end result doesn't come as a surprise. I uh, you know I took the points. I was. If it was, it was like an eight-point eight, eight point spread, they lost by eight, 31-23. My impression, I think, is similar to yours, and I know that there's nothing quite like agreeing with one another to make a compelling podcast. <laughs> here we are. Tom Brady, there were a number of points over the course of the game where I was just like, damn, that is a great ball. And he makes it seem so effortless. It feels very seamless and very natural. And, like, of course it should. He is, I mean, he's as accomplished as any player in NFL history. But, yeah, at this age, it every once in a while it took me out of the game where I was, like, I was mad because, you know, they were, they were, they really feasted on that area 
between the safeties and the linebackers, sort of those mid-range 15 to 20-yard passes and like a deep cover two where the safeties are playing back and, the, and those like crossing routes over the middle. They made a lot, a lot of catches sort of in that mid-15-yard range. And many and of those it, catches are – our secondary was close. They, they yeah. were around. Mm-hmm. There were a couple where they, they were non-existent, but for many of them, our secondary was, was closer right there. And Tom Brady just found a way to put it right exactly where the ball needed to go. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. I mean, it's probably it's probably the last time that we'll ever see him play Washington. He didn't play Washington all that much, you know, coming from the AFC. But it, it really I don't I don't like the guy. Like I don't like Tom no. Brady. There's like no. a lot of things I don't like about him. Um some of it is I'm a bit of a hater. Like I'm really I was I feel like we lost a good decade and a half of like seeing fun and exciting and different teams in the Super Bowl because the Patriots were just like in it every year. Uh, I don't like that. You know, like I'm not a dynasty guy. Um, but damn, if I don't respect his ability to throw the football, uh, and he, he made our secondary look sort of pretty average. And I think to the point where it exposed them that there are going to be reasonable conversations about, upgrading the secondary in the offseason there, there um, has to be there has, there to, be. has to be and again our secondary has played fairly well uh during this this whole season sure but it's something we need to look into it, we still are a seven and nine team sure we limped yeah. into the playoffs we're not a super bowl, super bowl caliber team yet so of course who are the pieces that are obviously can be changed or upgraded and whether it's more time learning or new mm-hmm. people, that sure. secondary is one of the things that we need to look at. That's a great point. And one that I think people are very quick to overlook is the – it's two things there. It's experience and familiarity. And within familiarity, it's familiarity with your teammates and familiarity with the system. So, you know, a lot of these guys – Cam Curl, I think, had a fanta- ended up having a fantastic year. Oh, he absolutely. ended up doing far exceeding expectations. He, uh, I think, is a, is a grower. Like you am- can build amazing against the run, amazing against the run. Just, just head down, taking people out. Like he, he's a great against the run, but he needs to work on his pass defense. Yep. But you're yep. right. He's 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 young. He needs time. Ronald Darby, I think. Um, I had a I have a friend of mine who's an Eagles fan who texted me during that Eagles game. He goes, "Oh, <laughs> looks like Ronald Darby learned how to play football." He, he, I think, outperformed expectations this year. Agreed. I think the biggest... Next year's a make-or-break year for Jimmy Moreland. Mm-hmm. Because he has shown... I mean, the the expectations have always been low. I mean, people were excited about him because he's a you know local guy, JMU. At times this year looked really good. At times this year looked a little bit lost. So I think we're going to figure out, like, is Jimmy Moreland truly an NFL caliber, long-term NFL caliber quarter quarterback next year and then they get back uh they get fuller back. full you know fuller comes back they'll get back uh collins so there you, you look at that on paper and say there are pieces but you're right i think what they were able to do in the passing game um speaks to a combination of the amount of growth that's needed for washington and really just how incredible tom brady is in it does pay Agre- me to say that. Agreed. And, and again, time. With that secondary, 
they just went against the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Yep. And they got, they got taken apart, but they got to experience that. Yep. And you're, and you're absolutely right about Tom Brady, where he made it look like, why can't every quarterback do this? So effortless, so pinpoints. So you just sit there and go, why can't we have one of these? Why can't we have this for us? He doesn't, oh. he doesn't wow you. He, no. he, there's a huge difference between watching Lamar Jackson play quarterback and Tom Brady play quarterback or Patrick Mahomes play quarterback and Tom Brady play quarterback. Those are they're playing basically a different game. And Brady just does it in a way where it's like I don't want to call it boring because it's like it's not that's not exactly what it is, but it's not remarkable other than the fact that he's just like so efficient with his the way that he he does exactly what he needs to do sort of in the least amount of movement that needs doing and kind of like in in a way that like physically is not terribly remarkable and so just that is something that's like un- unbelievable to see he just slowly methodically picks you apart yeah you know Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes can make the big play that you know that massive 50 60 yard play whether it's with his feet or with their arms Tom Brady will just take you down the field 15, 10, yeah. 24 yards. Boom, 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 boom. And you can't stop it. You yeah. just can't stop it. And it hurts. It's painful. You're tired. You're, you, you do everything you can, and he just picks you apart. He finds that your finger touches, as a defender, your fingers touch the ball as the receiver catches it. You did everything right, and Tom Brady still beat you. Yeah, that was the biggest, I think, thing that jumped out at me in that game. Uh, well, we'll say second to his his counterpart is is Taylor Heineke. Heineke made a very big impression on on everybody. I mean, he became like a meme uh, over the course of the game, and like just football Twitter went bullet went ballistic for this guy. They should have what he was able to do on the football field. I, I, I want a Heineken with Heineke. That's that's what should be said all the time. This guy, I'm going to go from the background. Let, let's yeah. talk about, because not everyone realizes where Heineke came from. We started off the season. We had Allen, yep. Alex Smith, yep. and we had Haskins. Some other guy, whatever. Yeah, Haskins. Who, who can even remember? Some I'm other. just going to say names. And we had uh, Montez in the practice Yes, Steven Montez. Fast forward. We lose Allen. Boom. Gone. Okay. We lose Haskins. Boom. Gone. Now we all we have left is Smith and Montez. And what they had done is they they picked up Heineke, Heineke as a COVID backup quarterback right. after what happened with San Francisco when they lost. Which all their is basically this this or the Denver. It was the the wide receiver who's Denver. Now, Denver and, and and San Francisco both had the same problem. Real quick, but you're yeah. absolutely right. More Denver. And you sit there, and they, they got an extra quarterback who's sitting on his couch. Yeah. He was doing the same thing you and I are doing, sitting on a couch drinking beer. The only difference was that they gave him a bigger paycheck, and they handed him a playbook and said, hey, in case we need you, if if Haskin falls apart, we need you. If Kyle's, uh, sorry, if uh, Alex Smith falls apart, we need you. If we can't use Montez, we'll need you. So if at some point in time all the quarterbacks we have fall apart, we may need you, or if everyone has COVID. Yeah, okay. We may need you just like show up and be a body. Um, but it wasn't a even very little chance that you're gonna uh, like get in and touch the football. <laughs> it was a very little chance he was gonna have to show up and be a body. 
They just want him to sit on his couch and know the playbook in Kesa. And all of a sudden, the dominoes kept falling. And once Haskin was gone and Alex Smith started to kind of not do too well with his his calf, they're like, okay, let's bring Heineke in because he knows the playbook. Brought him in, and they put him a bit ahead of Montez, which is again says a lot about Montez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just saying. And and as I said last week, it was that we have a better chance of winning with Heineke than with Alex Smith because he could throw the ball downfield and he can move. Well, I, I didn't even know he could move. I just knew he could throw the ball downfield. Well, we knew we we didn't have to know that Taylor Heineke could move to know that <laughs> Alex Smith could not can't move. move. But holy shit! He played with conviction. He played with passion. He played his ass off for us. He made me love this game again. A team that has been lackluster to watch at times with Alex Smith in the quarterback and, and Haskins throwing balls all over the place into the ground. And, and just watching this team not do well offensively, here comes a guy who says, get on my back. I'm going to carry you as long as far as I can. Also, Watch my shoulder get separated or, or AC joint get separated, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw in my back. I used to – I played rugby in college, Division One college, and I broke my collarbone, and I played 40 minutes after I broke my collarbone. That's insane. You don't Yikes. do that. You can't no. use your, your whole arm. In essence, that's what he did at the NFL level where his, he could barely use his non-throwing arm. And we all knew something was wrong because Montez is thrown over his coat like he's an old rap star. But you're, it well, was were, amazing. The announcers were getting ready to introduce us to Steven Montez. Like he was about to come out on the field and Heineke came out of the locker room. They probably just like put a bunch of painkillers in that thing and like numbed it up like crazy. He put a Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Came out of the locker room like, it's me. Here we go. Like out of a movie. Yeah. And, um, and watching that counterpart happen, it – you got to love it. You got to love what happened. You got to love the energy. The whole team was better because he was there. Here, and it's been okay. a long time since we, we had that. Here, here's my impression of him simply was this is the best quarterback play we've seen this year. Agreed. Period. At any point. I don't think Dwayne Haskins started six games. Kyle Allen started four games. And Alex Smith started six games. At no point. Did anyone look as good as he did over the course of four quarters? And he wasn't perfect. I mean, he made mistakes, but like, you know, the thing is, people want to make him out to be some sort of like, uh, oh, they picked him up off the street. He, you know, he went to, he's known around this area, went to Old Dominion. He was the Old Dominion quarterback that beat the ranked Virginia Tech team. And I have a lot of Virginia Tech fans who like hate being reminded that their football team lost to Old Dominion, but he was the guy who did it. He won the um, that class of football, like the one AA football version of the Heisman. Like he was the best quarterback at that level. So it's not like he's a total slouch, um, but he definitely you know, he's the type of guy. He's like undersized. He went to a smaller school. That majority of the time, those guys don't really make it very far. Occasionally, some do. I mean, you think like Joe Flacco went to Delaware. Um, uh, what's uh, 
Carson Wentz, who has made the news enough as it is. I mean, he went to San Diego State. There's what well, I can't now remember his name again. I'm not a draft guy. You're going to learn this over the course of the offseason. <laughs> the kid who's at San Diego State right now, or San Diego, uh, South Dakota State, is also getting some attention. So, like, occasionally one double A guys will get a shot, but like, more often than not, it's going to be an Ohio State or an Alabama or a USC or a Texas or something like that. So, the fact that he outplayed all of them. Um, it was a sight to see, and, you know, there are going to be a lot of questions, and I don't know, we could talk about this a little bit. Um, let's jump so in. Like, I mean, what let's just roll do? with it. He played, there have been enough game, there have been enough quarterbacks in this league who have made careers, long careers as backups out of one game. Like, I think about, like, you remember, like, Matt Flynn? Oh, absolutely. Like, Matt Flynn was a guy who, like, got a shot to start and won himself a game and became a free agent and got like paid an ungodly obscene sum of money. amount of money. Where'd he go? I can't remember. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Obscene didn't, amount of money. Could, couldn't do anything last. with it. No, but there, there is something to be said for being a guy who carries a clipboard or like is on an NFL roster. I mean, we, we talked about Nate Sudfeld. We talked about Chase Daniel and like, these are guys who stick around for a long time. Well, we also talked about who he went against Tom Brady, where Tom he Brady did. was a six round draft pick hanging out in the back, holding a clipboard, and then because Bloodsoe went down randomly, he had an opportunity and never let it go. Yeah. I don't think anyone is at this point ready to, I mean, other than, like, for the memes, like, ready to say that Taylor Heineke is Tom <laughs> Brady. Uh, they do have some things that are in common with one another, but they, you know, he, he looked good. The, you know, when you look at the composition of this roster going forward, and we'll do a lot of of sort of talking about this, I think, in the offseason. I mean, a reasonable amount of talking about this in the offseason. They have a big question at quarterback next year. Before we get into the quarterback next year. Yes. I want to say this. Say it. Tell me you weren't happy. Tell me you weren't jazzed. Tell me you weren't so excited when he dove for that touchdown. When he came around that corner and he dove... Broke, shattered his shoulder. How happy were you? How how excited were you? Oh, I made some noise. I, it was here. I'll, 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 here I'll go. Oh, <laughs> that that was what you got. I don't oh, know. oh, whoa, wow, that's. Uh, I said, hey, I watch I, this. Watch what I just th- happened. I think a bunch of people just perked up. <laughs> I, I was like, whoa, that was cool. That I, was. I, my was I got I jumped off my couch like Tom Cruise on Oprah. I was like, wow, I was so excited. At some point in time, don't forget, at one point in time, it was 16-18. We were yeah. two points away yeah. against Tom Brady. Understand, we, we you know, but for a 7-9 team that went through this whole season, Heineke put us within two points, and I don't mean like a safety, 2 nothing. 18-16, later in the game, he put us where we could almost do something. And I said on Twitter, I tweeted the crap out of this, I said, give the man a contract. But on to what you were saying about the future of the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I think like he, when you think about Washington and like their quarterbacks, I mean, really, they're sort of like the before RG three era and post RG three. I mean, at least in terms of recent history, that's like how it's gonna people are gonna remember it. RG three, very exciting, flash in a pan, didn't you know, like it didn't pan out. And we've sort of been in the desert a little bit. Actually, frankly, like, you know, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins started three years in a row, 15, 16, 17, played 16 games. The last time before Kirk Cousins that they had a quarterback who played 16 games in a row or played every game that season was Joe Theismann. Which, 
tweet I got him to tweet me uh, during the game. So right. I, I love Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann is uh, he, he's a good guy. He did a lot for our team. He's been an analysis guy for many years and a commentator. But, yeah. man, for someone who knows so much about football and for a guy who's so smart, he tweets some really, really lame stuff. Yeah, he's a you know, boomer. He's so he would boomer. say that he would like tweet like I think he hurt himself, yeah. and I tweeted back at Joe. I was like, Joe, you got to give us more than that, man. Seriously, you you got more in you than this. You know so much about football. So eventually, he came back and was like, Hey, at the cult of cult, and he gave us more commentary on what he was thinking, which made yeah. me happy because it was from Joe Theismann. Yeah, I when I saw that, I I, I was like. Whoa, they tweeted a Gumby. Like, Joe Theismann tweeted a Gumby. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty I was, cool. I, I knew you were amped up. I was pretty amped up about it. I thought that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, was, I, was so, I was so amped. I was like, yeah. I, I, I took a little while, but I got Joe to finally talk to me, which made me happy. Yeah. But Joe, Mr. Theismann, if you, if you wanted to, if you ever want to come on the yeah, Cult of Cult. Debate us, and, you coward. <laughs> not, no, I don't want to debate. I just want him to talk about the quarterback situation yeah. in Washington because he – if anyone has the knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, talk about Cousins and talk about, you know, Fizeman, sort of the history of the quarterback position at this team. Washington has been in its dire straits for the last three full seasons. Washington, in 2018, four different starting quarterbacks. Can you name them? 2018? No. 2018. No. I'm trying to remember one. Well, Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith. Yeah, was so Alex, we had Alex Smith's Smith. first year. So who and played after Alex Smith got hurt? Not it, no, I don't. I, I don't even pretend I do. Do you remember who the original backup was? He's another career backup. Well, not Chase Daniels. No, much later. No, because he was he was gone a while before that. Colt McCoy. Oh, Colt McCoy. He's a Colt. Colt. Yeah, we can't forget the Colts. Then his leg <sighs> snaps in half. Yeah. Or like he dislocated his knee so that it was facing the wrong way. That was the Mark Sanchez era. Oh my he, god, yeah. I, Josh, I forgot he even played here. Josh Johnson. He played one game and then he got hurt. Yeah. And then Josh Johnson, who like resurrected his career a little bit. Like he was legitimately playing basketball in a like outside basketball with some kids. Had yeah. no clue the NFL even wanted him, and he was and someone like called him. and was like, "Hey, you want to play the NFL?" I was like, "Ha ha!" Like we're not kidding. The Redskins needed you. They were the Redskins at the time. Yeah. And he got on a plane. It was like, "Holy, we just got this guy literally off a basketball court, and he won us a game." Though I give him he credit. He did. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think we're gonna we're doing some guy remembering here, folks. You know how we like about our guys. We love our guys. Um. Yes, I remember. I was like, I think he won the game. He won one game. Yep. Yeah, I think he he won one game, and then so that was that year was a disaster. Then they in the off in the off season they go and get. Do you remember who was the starting quarterback week one of twenty nineteen? This is a year ago. A year ago, twenty nineteen starting quarterback. Yeah, well, it wasn't Haskins. No, no, it wasn't Haskins. <sighs> who was supposed to? Who started that season? Do you remember? I know uh, Smith was out. I don't. Case Keenum. I completely forgot about him. I know. Everyone oh kind of forgot God. about Case. Yeah. Case Keenum started eight games. Then Colt McCoy came in and played a game. Yep. And then Dwayne Haskins finished the season playing seven games. So now we are... There have now been, between 18 and 19, 
seven different starting quarterbacks. Colt McCoy was in there twice, but like seven different iterations of starting quarterback. And then this year, there were four more starting quarterbacks. We never thought we were we never thought we were going to see Alex Smith play, let alone start a bunch of games. No, it is so. It is clearly something they've just like got to figure it out. Um, Heineke gets the I think he gets a look either here or somewhere else, but I think probably here. I think they'll you know they'll they'll look at him. Actually, I don't know. Did you have an opportunity to read Bill and Bangkok's piece? About uh, RFAs and and the quarterbacks and like who who what their con like the, the the cap situation and all that. So I always try to read the in house stuff, uh, specifically when it comes to what's happening next. Bill and Bangkok, you do a great job yourself. He's there, there's some great there's some great articles, but Bill and Bangkok's amazing, and he did a phenomenal job of breaking down what's going to happen next. And mm-hmm. pretty much, let's say, and he was guessing. And I think he has a pretty good guess here that it's Alex Smith is going to retire in February because at that point in time, his all his pay will be where it needs to get to. Yeah. And that'll be wonderful because he's he's can't do it anymore. His legs are holding up his calves are holding up. But you got to give him credit. He did come back. He did play. He did and, what he needed to do. He's going to win comeback player of the year. They're going to name the, the the Alex Smith comeback player of the year. He's he doesn't he's just got to go like d- go out on a high high note you know high note like don't come back and, and have it can't like, be any be, better be regrets he, he can't throw a ball downfield and he can't nope. move he can't move and so he's going to go that'll give us some cap space it then you look be. at uh we really what well, we have left after that we have Kyle Allen yes we have Heineke and we have Montez so yeah. Kyle Allen is a restricted free agent and we're probably going to keep him for sure. less than a million dollars. Yeah. So he'll he'll be here for 2021, less than a million dollars. It's like an $880,000 cap hit. Great. That's We have 45-something million dollars available. Awesome. Then as far as Heineke goes, he's also a restricted free agent. Yep. And more than likely what they'll do, because he's been throughout the league, he, there's not a big push on him. He has this big light on him now, but he also understands he's going to do better with Scott Turner. He's going to do better with Ron Rivera, and he has the best chance of playing here. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's... I think, assuming, and I, I think it's safe to assume, that they're going to go and get They're going to get a quarterback. I don't think they'll get one in the draft, but I think they're going to go out and get a quarterback, and we can talk about who we think who. That, in my mind, means that Taylor Heineke's the third quarterback. Or the second. He could be the second. Yeah, but, but if me, you bring back if you bring back Kyle Allen, if you're Ron Rivera and you brought him here because you feel comfortable with him in your system, he's here because there's a degree of familiarity. He's gonna I think Kyle Allen, you can't neither of those guys is a third quarterback at this point. I think Taylor Heineke at twenty eight years old is first of all older than Kyle Allen. I think Heineke, as a free agent, is going to not, he probably won't get a chance to start side and scene, but I think there are more appealing backup opportunities elsewhere than there is here. But I also think it's a system. He knows this system. He knows Scott Turner. He knows what's going to happen. He gets the whole system, and we saw how he ran it. He ran it very well. He did. But let me digress to, to the whole, what's going to happen. So they can keep Heineke at, let's say, 2.2, $2.5 million range. Uh, because he's a restricted free agent, and then they can come in if someone else throws him a contract, 
we can match it. The most we're going to spend is $2.5 million for this guy for next year for one year. That puts us at two quarterbacks for around $3.5 million. You and Monte Absolutely. That, that We're way below everything. Alex Smith retires, and we have Montez probably being uh, practice squad again. Yeah, sure. There are worse things to be than an NFL practice squad player. The, you're in the NFL. You're playing. Montez enjoyed that, but obviously with the fact they didn't play you now, you're probably not going to be an NFL quarterback. I'm just going to throw that out there. So you're sitting here looking at $3.5 million for two quarterbacks, Allen and Heineke. You're also talking about Alex Smith retiring, giving us equivalent through Bill of Bangkok's math around $54 million in cap space. Not just for the quarterback, for like the entire cap. for the entire for entirety for what's okay. happening next. But that of the entire cap space at that point, we'd only have three point five million dollars at quarterback. Yeah, and you assume which is awesome. what, do you, what do you assume? You assume you spend about ten to twelve million dollars a quarterback. Like a quarterback is the most important player in your franchise. In this league, you're spending fifteen to twenty. Mm. Yeah. If, if you want a good, if you want a reasonable quarterback, I mean, that's how much uh, Kirk Cousins is making. That's how much uh, Alex Smith was making. Most quarterbacks are making in the fifteen to twenty plus range. Yeah. So I digress to this, and th- there was a bunch of open free agents that Bill and Bank I put down there. Uh, none of the free agents that, that is on that list, including Carson Wentz, I want this team. I'm if we're going to go through, all right, let's, let's do it really, go through the really list. rapid fire. Um, I'm going to say play the free agents. I'm going to say their player and their age. So Dak at 29, Jacoby Brissett. Interesting. Tw- at 30, Mitch Trubisky. God, no. Uh, 28, Tyron Taylor. Ooh, put a pin in that one. 33 years old. Brian Fitzpatrick is 40 years old. Amazing. Andy Dalton, 35. No Colt McCoy. 36 rg3 how hilarious would that be not gonna happen but that would be fantastic he's 32 nate sudfeld also hilarious 29 joe flacco's 37 man i'm old he's old there you are uh mike glennon former all met player of the year in 2008 uh from virginia 33 years old no chance Jameis, jesus no 28 brian hoyer forgot about him there's a remembering a guy uh i have funny stories after this to tell you about brian hoyer I'm awesome, ex- dude. I'm excited. There are two left. Blake Bortles, do not get Bortles. No, no. And then C.J. Beathard, who's Bobby Beathard's kid. Uh, so he has a tie to the organization. That'd but... be fun. Yeah, but no. But no. Tell me, tell, give me your Brian Hoyer story. So Brian Hoyer, we love Brian Hoyer. Uh, what I do for a living, uh, we've worked with Brian Hoyer five or six times at this point. I'm mm. not going to break down what I do for a living. Sure. But he is phenomenal. Great guy. Kids are amazing. Like, whole, like He's one of these guys that you just love. I don't want him to play my as my quarterback, no. but he's a great dude. Sure. Yeah, but every single one of those people, including Tyrod Taylor, I don't want on this team. I'll give you my top two. It's Tyrod and Dak. No. It's, I would take them. Oh, I, would, I, don't, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but... No, I don't... The, the money that it would cost to get them there, it doesn't make any sense. They, they, they are middle-of-the-road quarterbacks... If that, Tyron Taylor is maybe a middle of the road quarterback if we're lucky. Dak Prescott's not a top 10 quarterback. He's probably in the, like you know, 13 to <laughs> that 15 in, That range. injury sucks. I don't trust that injury. No, and I'm not going to pay. But he's also looking for $25, 30000000 million a year. Get out of here. I don't want no. that. The best idea 
and the list that uh, Bill from Parent puts in there is let's talk about trading. Trades, yeah. Let's let's get a hold of what we need to get, do to get someone like Deshaun Watson in here. Hmm. Yeah. I know people are pretty amped up on Deshaun. Oh, let's do this. We, I mean, and this one has yeah, numbers to assign to it. Yeah. Deshaun at a $10.5 million cap hit. Um, he wants out of Houston. You're going to have to trade a first-round pick to get him. Or more than one. Probably more. Um, and, and that and that uh, cap hit escalates. That's just this year. That's one year. But he has a, he signed a $158 million contract last year. I think it's for four or five years. But it's going to escalate the last two or three years. So we have great hit this year, mm-hmm. but it definitely increases significantly next year and the year after. Well, and the cap goes down next year. It has to. They don't. They haven't announced it yet, but the the cap is based on a. It's a fraction of revenue, and revenue is down this year because they didn't have butts and seats. So, so you all of a sudden, down. yeah. So all of a sudden, you're throwing a bunch of next year for ten point five. That's fine for Deshaun. The yeah. year after that is the problem. <sighs> I, I almost, like almost want to do this as a whole episode at one point just to really break these down. But we'll do the surface level. Maybe we do do it as a whole episode. The next guy on the list is Carson Wentz, who's either 25 or $35 million. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk about it, but I think that that's probably a no. I don't want other people's trash. He has proven that he's not good enough to do what he needs to do. Get him out of here. I don't want him here. I don't want him around him. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of Eagles... Eagles stench there also that just like I love him for the Eagles because he's he's been so bad he's made us good uh Matt Ryan who is on the he's it's on the downslope like I love Matt Ryan his best days are far behind him far far beyond him. my Matt Ryan story is when I was in high school a buddy of mine had University of Maryland season tickets and we went to the Maryland Boston College game the Matt Ryan quarterback that Maryland upset number four Boston College I was probably a sophomore in high school, and I stormed the field. I was very excited to like pretend to be a college student and be on the field when they beat uh, Boston College. Uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, $25.5 million cap hit. Um, interesting? No. Probably no, but no. no. He's, not, he's not worth the money. $25 million for Garoppolo. He's, 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 again, he's a 15, 16, 17 ranked quarterback. He's a middle-of-the-road guy. Why spend that much money for him? I'm going to leapfrog a guy because he's the one I'm picking. So Derek Carr is 19.6. He had a very bright start to his career and just has been a function of like very bad coaching. And he's, very bad teams. He's interesting. I don't Yeah. I don't write him off immediately. For sure I don't. I think there's actually not a zero chance that it ends up being him. I, I don't mind that. Again, what you say, 19? 19 and a half. I, I think 19 and a half is high for him. Yeah, he may be one of those guys because of what has happened that you could slightly maybe negotiate. But again, he has a good ceiling. A lot of these guys we talked about, they've already hit their ceiling. They're, it doesn't go any higher. But if you gave Carr a good team with an opportunity, he may be able to just surprise you a little bit. Gruden, I think, just hates him. I Gruden think hates Gruden, everybody. I think Gruden does, like there was a period of time where Gruden was like saying really nice things about Nathan Peterman. But who's like objectively the worst NFL quarterback of all time? Well, Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nathan Peterman was a starting quarterback. He was the he like his numbers were and and you got Drew and he's like, man, this Peterman guy like he really showing me something like and he's like, whatever. Their relationship is weird. Yeah, um, yeah. If 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 
Gruden never does anything in the NFL ever again, then come talk to me. But until that happens, I'm just not ever worried about him and his quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater is another interesting name. He's no, His name was floated up. before they ended up bringing in um, Case Keenum. Probably, yeah, it's probably too late. $18 million cap hit. Not worth $18 million. He's Again, he's, he's, a, he's a great backup, but he's not going to be a starting quarterback. This one jumps out at me because primarily because of the cap hit, but Nick Foles is I would not immediately say no. He I don't think he's that good. I mean, he won a Super Bowl, so like you can't be like he's bad. Like he sucks. Like he doesn't, but like I don't What's think his he's cap hit? four million. It's like nothing. Actually that's but still he's not he hasn't shown anything to be consistent. Right. He he got benched. He got benched in Chicago. I mean he got hurt and then like Trubisky came in. And Trubisky did well for a while there. <laughs> for a while. I mean, he got him But, the yeah, but it is I, the, I would no. I put no no solace into Nick Foles right now. None. Another interesting one I've heard, people were like, just swap first-round picks and throw in Sam Darnold. Um, Darnold, anytime there's, like, a guy who's shown some promise, who's young, who's a first-round pick, like, I'm willing to kick the tires. I don't think Darnold is as bad is as bad as like he's been made out to be. Do you know how bad the Jets have been? Jets suck. They've been so. There's no one to throw to. There's no one to run the ball. There's no one coaching. There's a bus with no one driving, and it's a party in the back. That's the Jets. It's not his fault. No, he could be. We don't know. He could be really, really good. But man, the Jets are bad. They are such a badly run team from the top down that they have these. They they could have incredible athletes who never make it. Yeah, they're because of how bad they are. Uh, Jalen hurts. I'm not even going to justify that with a response. That's not going to happen. Gardner Minshew, eight hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit. I don't think so. And then I'm just. Can I skip him? Yeah. Yeah. Even though I love his haircut. Yeah, he's great. The mustache. Um, and then the one I skipped was Matt Stafford, who at this point still has tread left on the tires. It's 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 in the range. It's $20 million cap hit. I think that one is I don't as is as probable as any of the rest of these. Personally, I think that that's maybe likely to happen, if I had to guess. I don't like it. Hmm. But, and the, the reason I don't like it is only because, I mean, I hate investing in quarterbacks that are slowly declining. Matt, Matt Stafford is not at the apex. He's already on the, he's slowly on the way down. Yeah. He, he's old. Yeah. How old is he? Like 30-something? He's been around a while. He's played for the Lions. He's, he, even if he's younger, he's he's been playing for so long. Again, I, he, he's, he's a 32. great. He's 32. He's that's still he's been playing for so for almost what eight to ten years now. He'll just benefit from a change of scenery. Agreed. But I, I, I like Deshaun Watson's younger. I would love to Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, but you have I, to I sell would, the farm to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, I understand that. But I think Stafford will probably end up here. I don't want Foles. I don't want yeah. Wentz. Um, if we're going to trade, we got to be better. And does Stafford do that? I think he does. And again, and, and to Stafford's credit, Detroit is such 
a fire pit of just crap. It's not a good place to be. Everyone they hire sucks. Megatron, and I don't mean the players. Megatron oh. left years back on the table because he just didn't want to be playing for the Lions. He just walked away. Barry Sanders did the same thing. Walked away. That was how many years ago, and it's not got any better. Yeah. So do I want to give Stafford an opportunity? Of course I do. Um, does it? Does it feel good inside? Do I feel happy about it? No, because what you want is you want a 25-year-old quarterback who can play because that's what everyone wants. But it is what it is. And would I take Stafford if you put us in the playoffs? Hell yeah. They, they don't come cheap. They don't come cheap. I mean, and the other option is the draft. I don't... We don't have time for that. I don't think We have so. some and good players right that's now. That's right. And that's really, I think, the ultimate thing is it feels kind of crazy to say this. But and it's not even just me that's saying this. It feels like they are in a window. I with, would agree with the pieces that they have. They have a lot of space to grow, but it seems it seems like they're closer to being there than they are to being in dead last. I mean, not that the, you know there's gradations there, but with the defensive core that they have, with a couple of pieces. They're they're we'll t- and we're gonna do a whole podcast on what they need this offseason in yeah. addition to quarterback. But they you right now this was a lost year in terms of being able to develop a quarterback. So to then start over with a with a rookie next year, you you'd essentially have to assume that they'd have to start week one. And this is not a team that will will thrive in that situation. And frankly, as far as I know, and again, I'm not a draft guy. Do not ask me to be a draft guy. The quarterback pool doesn't seem that good in terms of guys who could be on the like who. Let's say they spend they had the opportunity to spend a first round draft pick on a quarterback. It doesn't seem like anyone who's there is guaranteed to like turn it around and like be able to help you win in this window. No, nobody left when we would draft. Absolutely not. But I'm looking at like let, I'm I'm gonna go deep. Let me let me go deep just here real quick. Hit me. Seven and nine this year. Mm-hmm. Great. That that seemed really good. I think next year we will go because we're going against all the top enchilat uh, teams minus NFC East. I think we're gonna do another seven and nine, eight and eight season next year. And, and follow me on this. The reason I think that is I think I think we're going to be much better as a team. We're just not going to get all the points needed. So in 2021, we're going to go 8-8-ish. Eight and eight ish. That puts us not quite in the playoffs. And I'm talking about your window here. Sure. Yep. 2022, 10-12 games. That's what we're going to win. We're going to be much better in 2022. Okay. Okay? Yeah. 2023 or 2024 Super Bowl chances. If if we keep this trajectory, sure. By that point in time, 2023, after that is when we start losing some of the guys we currently have. Right. Some of these rookie, but that's what I'm saying. So, so 2023, 2024, I think we're in line for Super Bowl. I think we have, uh, uh we went from three to seven wins. I think we go up one extra win because we're going through the, the top end of everyone next year, and I think we learn from that. And progress into the 2020 season, 2023. Yeah, and that's really one of the things um, about the NFL is you are never that far from the top and you're never that far from the bottom. Correct. Where you look at, 
I think a, a really prime example is let's talk about the last, I don't know, I want to say six years of, or five years of the Philadelphia Eagles. In 2015, they're 7-9. and nine. In 2016, they're 7-9. and nine. In 2017, they win the Super Bowl. They're 13-3. and three. 2018, they go 9-7. and seven. 2019, they go 9-7. and seven. They win the division. 2020, they fire the coach that, that got them to a Super Bowl. It is so hard to have, it's really hard to have sustained success in the NFL. And frankly, the teams who do it right can get from bad or middling to good if they do it right pretty quickly, yeah. it can happen. It can happen. I mean, you think about like the Kansas City Chiefs before they really started to build with Mahomes. Like they were not good. They were not a good team. They were not a. But Andy Reid is such a good coach. Yeah, and you need a confluence of all the pieces to come together in order for it to work. But it is it is doable in a way that I don't think it is in very many other sports. But I think two to three years away from a Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Like at least at least competing for one. But I think next year we're not going to be competing for a Super Bowl. No. The year after that we are. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's, there's a window there. Um, but but as we just said about Philly, they went seven and nine, seven and nine, or nine and seven in that range, and then, like and then they won the Super Bowl. I think yeah. that's that the hop we're going to make, but just not next year. We're unless we got, we spend or, or find a way to get an amazing quarterback, that could be the difference. Yeah. But I think we are on trajectory for two to three years away. Um, we're going to have a whole entire offseason full of, of Washington football team, sort of us talking about it, doing other things, uh, recognizing that. Is any parting thoughts on the that the game um, for, for Washington, Washington, Tampa, knowing we're going to have lots of time to sort of like break down the roster in the offseason? Um, anything else we, to stay with you? We, we played better than I thought we were going to offensively. Sure. We played shittier than I thought we were going to defensively. Yep. But we got to catch a ball. Yeah. We got to get some better receivers. But, man, the team played with heart. Yep. And that makes me very happy for the future. Yeah. We'll, we'll do – I think we'll do a whole week on what they need the most, and we'll rank the positions, and we'll do the whole thing. Um Washington falls. Tampa Bay moves on. Let's let's sort of do a quick run through of predictions for this week. I don't even want to do Ooh. more than just this week. Um, no, no, just we'll do it week. week by week. We're we're yeah. we're still coming to you. Uh, it's still football season, even when it's not. We're gonna be doing this. Uh, let's start off with the let's do the NFC games. Yeah, let's do the NFC games. We'll, we'll do them in order. Do yeah, in just order. go. Um, of super not wildcard weekend of regular. I think this is divisional round technically. Okay. Whatever. In order on Saturday of four thirty-five. So no more one o'clock games. If you're on the Eastern time zone, four thirty-five. you got the number one seeded on a buy, uh, green Bay, green Bay Packers going up against the six seed, the Los Angeles Rams Packers are seven point favorites. Ooh, it's, of course, they're playing in Lambeau. It's cold. Yeah. Going against uh, the Rams. You know what? I don't like to take – I don't think a touchdown is way too much normally. Yeah. But I think in this scenario, I would take Green Bay. Yeah, I'm also taking Green Bay. That one seems like a no-brainer. Rams yeah. quarterback situation is brutal. Um, and then, then you're up in Lambeau. It's cold. They're coming from L.A. 
they're going to lose by like 10. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is, I think, going to be the MVP this year. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. He's so good. Then the other Saturday game, the primetime Saturday, a 15. Probably the game I'm most looking forward to this weekend is the number two Buffalo Bills against the number five Baltimore Ravens. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. <laughs> it's going to be a great game. I thought the, uh, I thought yeah. the I thought the Ravens Titans game was the best game this past weekend, and I think this game will be the best game this weekend. Ravens. I'm, I'm... I bleed Maryland through and through. When, but I'm not a Ravens fan. Yeah, I know. But I think the Bills are going to take this. I think the Bills are going to take it. I think they're going to take it by more than three. So I would take the Bills winning it outright over the points. I think the Bills are going to take it. And uh, as much as the Ravens are good, I don't think they're going to make it through this week. I also believe Maryland through and through. I am a Baltimore Ravens fan. I'm an inaugural season ticket holder. Shocker. Sorry. I'm not a season I know. Went to a game with you. It was phenomenal. We'll do a whole episode about that at some point. Um, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. I do. And it's not just because I want them to, but I think that they're going to. Okay, what's the bet? What's the bet? <laughs> yeah, well, you and I, we got to bet this one. Uh, some Natty Bows. Done. There we go. Done. A 12-er of Natty Bow. There you go. For That's $4.50. Like <laughs> <laughs> Sunday. Oh, you want cans now? You're getting fancy. Sunday, 3.05 Eastern. The number one ranked Kansas City Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites against the Cleveland Browns, who I went to bed at halftime of the Browns game because I was like, you know what? Worst case scenario, Pittsburgh comes back in this game and wins because I really don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it sucks. And best case scenario is I just get to go to sleep and the Browns win this game. Um, that was awesome. Watching the, the Washington, such a good game. Washington broke the Steelers. They did. Like right over their shoulder, just boom, it was done. The the Steelers just haven't been playing well. Yeah. But watching that game, you also realize the Browns can throw a ball. They they can score at will, but they can't defend crap. And in looking at that, and looking at the Chiefs, the Chiefs are just so good. So I think the Chiefs take it. I think the Chiefs win the game, but I don't think they win it by nine and a half. I think the, the the Browns have just enough firepower to keep it within range of a touchdown. So I think it's going to be like a you know a high ranking thing like forty two to thirty five. But I definitely think that the the Browns keep it within seven. So I would take the Browns points, but of course the Chiefs win. I'm taking the Chiefs and the nine and a half. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win. Being, they're gonna annihilate them. I do. I think so. I kind of part of me was like. I just I really was ex- I was getting myself excited before the Browns game for Ravens Chiefs because I think a lot of people thought that that was going to be the AFC Championship game last year and then Baltimore loses to Tennessee and then the Chiefs just like stomped the Titans ruined. So in my predictions, uh, Baltimore plays Kansas City in the rematch or in what should have been last year's AFC Championship. Um. And then the last game is... Well, before that, uh, yeah, I just hope that the Browns lose so I don't have to see another Baker Mayfield commercial. <laughs> oh, you're going to see them no matter what. Oh, they're so bad. Uh, and, man, the NFC, Fuck you, Hulu. NFC kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> the Saints are playing the Bucks. I think it's, okay, three and a half points. The Saints are only a three and a half point favorite. I think the Saints are going to... I think the Saints are going to curb stomp. I... I, I Maybe that's me wishful thinking. I want them to win by like four <laughs> touchdowns. Like I think, yeah. Um, 
and we don't know. It, like when I is it know. is it in? It's in New Orleans. In New Orleans, okay. It's it's hard to bet against either Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Yeah, but man, the running game of of the Saints is amazing. And watching what happened against the Bucks with our team, I honestly think that the Saints will win, and they'll win by about seven. So I would take the Saints in the points. Watching New Orleans just, like, demolish the Bears. And I don't think the Bears are very good, so, like, whatever. Honestly, it, it, the fact that it was on Nickelodeon made it watchable because that was, like, the worst game of the weekend. Well, Sean Payton got slimed, so it was worth it. He did get slimed. Wearing uh, Jordans. He was wearing Jordans. The people, like, shoe people, like, sneaker people, like, no, not the Jordans. Um, I, think, I think he can afford them. Yeah, he's he's fine. Um, I, I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking New Orleans and I'm taking them to win by more than three and a half. Um, okay, that was good. Let's let's wind things down. I'm gonna ask one more question and then we'll you wind we'll, things down. We'll, oh, well, you will. Uh, and then we'll we'll get on out of here. As Washington's season comes to an end, this was a weird one. This was a weird one. It was a wild one. What is, in this moment, the most memorable or thing that stands out most to you? Like, when you think back on this year, what's the thing, the first thing that's going to pop into your head? Or what right now, what is the first thing that pops into your head? Maybe it'll continue to be the same thing. There was a lot that happened this year. A lot of really notable games, notable moments, some of them good, some of them bad. Uh, It's been a whirlwind. So I'm just kind of curious, like, where your head's at in terms of, like, oh, this was the enduring moment from this season. I'm going to focus on the field. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's yeah, a couple I, things I, that happen off the field that I just, you know, just, you I'll know, you should think about it sucks. The yeah, sure. On the field, one of the most enduring moments of this season for me, and I'm going to give it to Alex Smith. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. When he went in and all of a sudden – I look over and Aaron Donald's on his back immediately. Like the second play immediately <laughs> when he, first of all, when he went in, it, it like it was, I took a breath in and I couldn't let it go. It was, and then they went to commercial break that game. This you remember it. I remember that. Like they, like Kyle Allen breaks his leg, whatever the hell it was. And then all of a sudden you like, Oh, Alex Smith is coming in. Everyone goes, what? And you see Alex Smith come in. He walks to the uh, huddle and then they go, okay, well, commercial break, and everyone's losing their minds. You go in, first thing happens, I don't remember what the first play was, but he, I think it was just like a running play. Mm-hmm. Second play, he goes back in the pocket, and Aaron Donald jumps, I mean, yeah, Aaron Donald jumps on top of his back, and everyone thought his leg was just going to explode. Thought, I mean, I thought it was going to disintegrate. I'm holding my breath. Uh, uh, you were holding your breath. Yeah. It was a scary damn moment. Yeah. And... He gets up and you go, it may be okay. And the reason that moment sits with me is it kind of is a defining moment of this season where we didn't have the best team in the NFL. We didn't have the worst. But you know what we had? We had a bunch of players who were able to just keep going, who pushed and persevered and found ways to continue, even by losing sometimes by a lot but still strap up their, their, their cleats and keep going. And that's what Alex Smith did was 
kept going and found their way. And, and he became almost like a mascot or sure. or a leader. And you've got to be fully impressed by what he did. And that's that's the, the, the moment of the season where I went, we may be okay. And it stuck with me ever since. So in the 2020 slash 2021 season, mm-hmm. Brian, what has stuck with you? What what part of this season do you remember? Does it just kind of seared into your memory? I I think what well, your response is objectively the right answer. Like you know, there's always part of why this is also great is because you can discuss things. But some answers are just more right than others are, and yours is very right. Um, I, I'm also going to be with you. I think, uh, regrettably, um, yeah, regrettably, the the things that are going to stand out from the season are probably off the field stuff. I don't even want to. I just I'm narrowly tailoring this question. Mine, my answer in terms of like what really jazzed me up and got me going, in addition to the Smith um, situation, was Montez Sweat's interception return for a touchdown on like the Thanksgiving game where that was one of the first times in a long time where it, I got up out of my seat and in a good way, like in excitement, it was, and it was instinctive. Like it wasn't a like, Oh, like, it, you know, like I wasn't like making a show of it. Like I naturally leapt up from a seated position. You know how much I don't like standing up when I'm sitting down. I hate that. Just so everyone knows, Brian weighs no less than 550 pounds. Just to get those legs going, yeah. it's, it's, it's obscene. The, uh, I'm also lying. The, you were, you were nowhere near machinery that. Okay. that it takes to wench, <laughs> wench me from the sofa. <laughs> My 600-pound um, life. Yeah, that, that was me. As a autobiographical. <laughs> biographical. Um, it, was, it was awesome. And it, it was kind of what got people paying attention to the performance of this team in a positive way. It was uniformly a positive response because it was an objectively cool thing to see. And it was an incredibly talented play. Like, you know, JJ Watt does that and it makes number one on sports center top 10. Not that anyone's watching sports center these days. I haven't watched sports center in a number of years, but it's, it was cool. It was cool. It was fun. It was awesome. I watched it like a week ago. Just so you know, you'll have to tell me. um, It's it's not as good as it used to be. So, but you're, the the play you're talking about it put sweat back in back in the talk about things because yeah. people had quietly slept on how good he was doing throughout the NFL and that game all of a sudden people were like oh he's so good we're like yeah we, we know yeah we, we we watched him this whole time and and but as a fan you're just so excited about what he, what he did because he was so excited yeah it was he had so much passion it was exciting oh my god yeah well. It was an exciting season. It was a memorable season. I think maybe my number one memorable was starting this podcast with you. And mine with you. This podcast is The Cult of Cult. It is produced and edited by me, Brian Stabby. My co-host and director of social media is Gumby. We now have 50-some-odd Twitter followers. We're doing great out there. Thank you for following. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Cult of Colt. That's all one word. We're on Untapped at B Stabby and at D Cumberland Jr. Do not have any new followers. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify by searching Hogshaven, a Washington football team podcast. And we ask that if you like what you've heard, you do three simple things: that you subscribe, that you rate five stars, and you encourage one friend 
to check us out. It does make a huge impact on our ability to reach new listeners. We know that your listening time is valuable, and we appreciate you taking it with us. Gumby, we have lots to come this offseason. I'm excited. It's been great, and I'm looking forward to doing it. More with you here on The Call of Colt. I got the clap. I got the clap.